Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we're going to talk about ways to use assistive technology with various teaching methodologies. And my special guest is Katie LaRue. Welcome, Katie, to the show. Hi, Peggy. Thank you so much for having me. It's Absolutely. Um, assistive technology. I think that's just a scary thing for most, most people um, because it's, well, first of all, technology changes so much. And then a lot of times it, there's, there's a learning curve. And so a lot of times we, we try everything else except assistive technology. And I, I know you have such a gentle way about talking about, about technology and um, such a passion about it that I think our viewers are going to find that um, they're going to enjoy this conversation and be empowered to, to maybe use some things that they've never considered before. So if you're, you're kind of going, Oh, 
this isn't for me. Hold on a minute and um, and stick with us for a while because I I definitely want you to um, to feel like this isn't something you just can close should close a door on um, to help your student out with. Um, if you're joining us live, just know that you can put your comments, your questions in the feed, and we would love to have you as part of our conversation. We do have a way for you to submit questions ahead of time too, which we've had um, a couple questions submitted. Um, through our, our email list. So if you subscribe to our newsletter, we'll send out an alert the night before our broadcast and you can submit your questions and then come back later if you can't join us live. And, um, and then you can check out what, what our guest um, said about your question in, in the recorded version. So, um, so just lots of opportunities for you to be able to interact with our guests. If, um, if there's, Lots of craziness going on in your home, and that's usually true. And it's summertime, too, so you may be on vacation or you may um, just be out at the beach or, or the pool, and that's a good thing. So we, um, we just want to be able to serve you well. And so, um, so definitely keep on interacting with us and get your questions answered because we're here to empower you and your homeschool. So, Katie, as we get started, I would love for our audience to get to know you a little better, just a little bit about your background and um, and also just kind of what you do and why you're so passionate about it. Sure. Um, well, thank you again so much for having me here today. It's Absolutely. So to connect with you and to be able to connect with all of the different families across the country that are homeschooling. So um, thank you for taking the time uh, to learn more about assistive technology. So a little bit about me. Um, I am a wife and a mom to two. I have um, my son just turned five last week and my oh, little girl to um, on Sunday, which is just so crazy. And, <laughs> um, yes. So as you talked about the, different activities. We're looking forward to the summertime and uh, mm -hmm. fun things to do. But um, yes, I'm from New Jersey. So you might hear, I hope, a little bit of my accent still. Um, <laughs> and I began my teaching career in New Jersey. I graduated um, in 2007 from graduate school and I became a special education classroom teacher. And I worked in a variety of settings from in-class support to co-teaching, as well as a resource room. And I had incredible directors, and they really encouraged me to try to get as many certifications at, at, that I could. Uh -huh. So um, I really didn't know how that was going to um, play out as time would go on. But I went and um, received my sort of work for my certification in Orton-Gillingham. So I completed a two-year uh, practicum um, as well as two-year certification program. And then um, I started to learn more about assistive technology. At the time, assistive technology was a classroom desktop computer with a specific right. software program installed on it. And um, technology started to evolve and I started to develop more of a passion for assistive technology. And the path started coming together and I moved across the country. Um, I'm now in San Diego, California. And I worked as an assistive technology specialist in a K through 12 school district and worked with students from elementary through high school and um, became an assistive technology professional really to focus on that area and to be able to help support students and parents, teachers, uh, service providers, and really share what kinds of tools are out there. 
That's awesome because yes, it's it's something that continuous education is required, yeah. and and so anybody that that's teaching, whether in the school or at home, you, you kind of need somebody like Katie who <laughs> is is kind of in that world um, because I think that's a question a lot of our parents are asking all the time. It's like, what apps are out there? What you know? What programs? What you know? And and so it's it's just and and when I look through the list, I'm like. Well, that's not there anymore, you know. And so it's it's hard to, to keep up with all those things. And just technology mm-hmm. in general, it's um, one of those things that that just keeps changing. Yes. Um, yeah. So you know, many parents, I'm sure, have heard of about assistive technology. But um, you know, if they're kind of sitting on the fence, what would what would be your best answer for why they should even consider um, thinking in that direction? So assistive technology can range from low tech to high tech. So um, it really depends on the individual and their specific areas of need. My area of expertise focuses on providing access to curriculum. So one way I like to say assistive technology provides access to the curriculum, but it does not replace the curriculum. So it's still so important. A lot of the families that I work with, um, their students or their children are working in different um, programs and learning about different types of resources. And right. those don't stop. Like you still continue um, mm-hmm. with instruction and focusing on um, tools to be able to provide access to that curriculum. Right. So, um, yeah. It's really finding the tools, though, that work best for the child and that's so important. Exactly. And I think that that's kind of sometimes a barrier because a lot of parents are, they, they, and that's why we, we named this, this broadcast about using different methodologies with assistive tech, because Mm -hmm. a lot of parents say, well, I want to do Charlotte Mason. I want to do, you know, unschooling, or I want to use all of these different types of schooling methodologies. And we think that the assistive tech is going to take over the schooling where you're telling us, No, it's just going to be something to come alongside and to help that student to be successful in however you're teaching them. And so huge relief. (laughs) You can move on and say, yes, I can use whatever method that I really feel led to use. And um, and this will just be this extra scaffolding assistance Mm -hmm. that my child needs to be successful in using that. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. 
Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. I also try to encourage um, families and also teachers to look at assistive technology as an ongoing conversation, that the different types of tools that you might identify to be helpful today might look different. And as you mentioned, yes. all the different apps that come out and then all of a sudden it's gone and, you know, it's no, or it's no longer supported. Um, right. Yeah. So keeping that conversation going and always checking in um, with your child too, to kind of see what's working, what's not working. Um, how are those tools helping you? Are you finding them to be helpful or are they more frustrating for you? Um, so really involving your child in that discussion can be, it's very important and it can be really helpful. Yes, yes, because the ultimate goal in any tor- sort of um, assistive, whether it's, it's technology or just things that put in place that, that help your student that, that they would have utilized under ADA mm-hmm. when they go get a job in college is you want to know what works for them long term. And right. so you're kind of, as they're younger, it's kind of just figuring that out. And so it's okay to say, well, this worked for a while and now it doesn't because mm-hmm. your ultimate goal is not that we're going to, you know, we're going to be perfect at finding the right thing and it's, it's always going to work. It's we, we use this for a while. Now we've learned something from that and now we're going to, you know, move on and find what works next because the ultimate goal is we want something that will help this student, this child this becoming an adult to be successful long-term. Right. Um, and I, I look at that more now having adult children and, it's, and realize just how important that was. It's so, so easy to lose sight of when we have younger children because um, we're just such in the thick of it and we just want to get through the day. <laughs> but, um, but you will make it through the day, I promise. Sometimes yeah. they're, they're harder than others. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's... Um, it's definitely point. a journey. Yes. Uh-huh. And- Thinking and there's going to be challenges along the journey too. And right. you know, with the technology and I mean thinking about all the different things that can happen. And so even when you have everything in place and you have everything installed yes. correctly in the settings yes. and up, things still happen. And um trying to think about proactively thinking about those mm-hmm. kinds of things and trying to support your child so that when those things do come up, they aren't as frustrated or they don't abandon the technology altogether. Um, and thinking about, okay, well, why did that not work? And how can right. we have a plan in place? And sometimes they're little fixes. Other times it's, you know, more planning and to be able to <laughs> set it up or additional training to understand how a tool works and right. how to use it. So yeah, yeah, definitely a journey. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So what tips do you have for parents who are just kind of thinking of getting started using assistive technology? So I, when working with families and teachers, I recommend following the SEP framework where you start with a student and we're thinking about their strengths and what are the things that are working well for them? What are their interests? Like they might be using um, a specific type of tool and that might be for personal use, but thinking about, is that working for you? Do you like using an iPad or do you like using a Chromebook or the laptop and thinking about their strengths and thinking about the environment that they're in. So are they able to access what they're learning? Are they able to read the text and thinking about the tasks that they're trying to complete? Are they able to um, complete a writing assignment, organize their thoughts, edit their written work, Uh and finally the tools. So then finally thinking about um, the different types of tools that are out there. So 
um, that, that can then support those specific areas of need. So the student, the environment, the tasks, and the tools. Okay. So that's what that stands for, student environment tasks, tools. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's just, good. It's kind of, that allows you to step back, allow you to evaluate, mm-hmm. because I think our, at least me, would be, my first thing would be like, well, what's out there? Yeah. <laughs> and And that just seems overwhelming now because there is so much out there. But when you have a, that framework, that kind of filtering grid for you to, to look at what, what, what can they do without the assistance and what can't they do? And now we, we have somewhere to move forward mm-hmm. um, with those uh, things that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. when families reach out to me, sometimes they will have heard about a new device or a new app or an extension. And they would like to learn more about it, which is great. But sometimes it might be better to, like you said, kind of start back to thinking about what are the student strengths and what are the specific tasks that you're looking to support versus mm-hmm. here's a new device that just came out. And I think it's going to be good, but I also really recommend trying things. Right. So where would parents go when they were, when they, you know, kind of get done with that evaluation to start looking at what's available out there? So there are so many different types of resources um, and different types of apps and extensions, but it also, again, going back to what are the specific areas that you're looking to support? So is it the writing? Is it the reading? Is it the um, editing, the digital organization, the executive functions? Right. So um, one of the helpful resources that I always try to recommend to parents is the International Dyslexia Association. And within that, there are some really helpful fact sheets that you can go onto their website and you can learn about assistive technology there. Um, Hmm. I'm also a a certified Resna assistive technology professional. So they can provide some additional resources through their website. And um, it's also, you know, finding the tools and trying different things out. I try to start with uh, built-in accessibility supports so that Hmm. you can try those, see if they're helpful and um, thinking about the different areas that are in need of support and seeing that might work. And if not, then it might be a specific app or program uh, to to support those specific areas. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, parents will, even if they're using a certain methodology, they'll buy a different curriculum like for math um, because math tends to not be one of those things that is integrated into like some of the overarching curriculums, Mm -hmm. unless it's like a Becca or something like that. But um, a lot of those do have built in assistive technology, you know, the the reading and the highlighting the words. Um, What are some other things that have those built in assistive technology things that we don't even often think of them as assistive technology. We're like, Oh, that's a little nice little perk. Uh, Maybe it takes the reading off of me as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but what's out there right now that is integrated that parents should be thinking about using? Well, one thing that I, depending on the device, like for example, if you were to think about your iPad or your iPhone, um, thinking about those text to speech options to be able to have the text read aloud to you. And when I hear about curriculum that has those built-in accessibility supports, I get mm-hmm. I'm so excited and so happy because that's if you start there and taking a right. UDL, a universal design for learning approach, it really helps to meet the needs of all students. Right. So it's not just a student that may struggle with um, in the area of reading, but it can also support the student maybe with the um, focusing and to be able to yes. with the visual tracking. 
So um, the text-to-speech can be really helpful, as well as the speech-to-text to be able to dictate mm-hmm. uh, your with your thoughts. However, there are also a lot of things to think about when you are using those tools, um, specifically with the speech to text, because a lot of times it can be frustrating for students. It is hard. It is really hard (laughs) to use. Yes. But when you've mastered it, it, um, it is helpful Mm -hmm. for those students that have trouble with the scripting. Another one that I love is live text where you're able Mm -hmm. to take a picture of a piece of text, like if it's a worksheet or if you're out and about and you're at a zoo or um, an amusement park and there's a sign and you'd like to read it or at a museum and you can take a picture of it and then um, you can convert it and have the text to speech right back to you. That can be really helpful. Yes. And um, a word prediction, word prediction. Yes. Mm -hmm. When the programs have the support of the word prediction, but then also the text to speech component where Students can hover over a word and have the word read back to them so that that they see a visual reference of the correct spelling of the word, um, but then they're hearing it. So they're not just picking a word that is visually similar to what they were looking for, but they're they're having that additional confirmation. Right. So it's it's just reaffirming the the correct spelling, the correct Mm -hmm. pronunciation, all of that within that that task, basically. Oh, that's and cool. certain programs are more robust than others in mm-hmm. terms of supports that they're providing. So trying the different ones out and um, trying um, to utilize different trials that are offered through the programs can be helpful, too. Yeah. And I found it really helpful. A lot of curriculum providers, you can call them up, ask them questions about mm-hmm. what they, they provide. They're more than happy to not only answer your questions, but get on a, a call with you and show you how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we just forget to ask. And and so ask those questions and be willing to um, to just kind of investigate a bit um, for your student, especially during these summer months um, when you've got some time to to kind of think about, you know, what am I going to use next year? What do we need to change? Um, and I guess that's that might be a good um, question to ask is, you know, what can parents be doing during these, these summer months um, or steps that they can be taking to help their child with tools so that by the time school starts, they aren't like throwing all this new stuff at them. (laughs) So one of the first things I would recommend is going back to your child and kind of thinking about this past year and what really, what were the things that worked Mm -hmm. and what were the things that didn't work and thinking about what were the areas that they wished they had more support or as a parent, what areas are you wishing that you had more support? Mm -hmm. Um, Many parents will share with me that they spend a lot of time with their children reading the text to them and you want to make it accessible. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's incredible hearing all the things that parents are doing to just be supporting their child to be able to learn and um, thinking about the writing task and parents will have their child say their different ideas or say their, their responses. And then the parents will write it down for them. Mm -hmm. And what I also try to do is to support the families so that the parents feel supported so that they see that these tools are helping their child build their confidence and their independence. Right. Um, So that as the time goes on and, you know, if a parent isn't available to be able to read that text, the student's able to do it independently. Absolutely. Yeah. Thinking about those areas and really taking some time to 
identify what those areas are. And then over the summertime, it can be fun too. Um, and even when you're learning new tools throughout the school year, but thinking about your child's interests and yeah. what are the things that they're engaged in? What are the things that they enjoy learning about? Mm-hmm. And utilize that as a way to teach them about different types of resources that are out there. Like if you're learning <laughs> about how to use text to speech and reading, having a read, a website read to you rather than uh, just, yes. you know, doing a website that your child may not be interested in thinking about the different topics that they want to learn about or a sports team that they're following or um, a specific interest that they have. So that can be helpful. And then obviously the summer reading books, um, Mm -hmm. the different resources that are available, uh, the text to speech audio books are always wonderful. Having the audio paired with the text can also support comprehension. So um, mm-hmm. about that and the dual text highlighting as it's being read back to you. And then thinking about proactively thinking about the new school year and thinking about what types of textbooks you might be using. And if there's mm-hmm. any types of um, downloads that could happen in advance, oh, so that yeah. you have mm-hmm. them installed and they're ready to go, but um, trying things out and you don't have all the pressures of, you know, having to do all of the academic tasks, but just, utilize personal interests and hobbies and things that they want to learn about. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Trying them out on things that they, they don't see as school mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and saying, well, yeah, uh, approaching it more from a, let's, let's try a new, new, something fun, some new technology and not even can, mm-hmm. you know, wrap it into the, the school picture. <laughs> Because, yeah, kids and a lot of parents will tell us, you know, my child loves to be on the computer, except um, a computer is not really a good place for my child to do school because they get distracted. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've heard that before is how how would you answer that question? You know, how do I we do the teaching, but yet not do the gaming? <laughs> well, I will say if you're using an iPad um, at all, the guided access feature can be really helpful. Oh, where- okay you can basically restrict um, access within a specific app. So um, that way you're not closing the app and going into a different app. And then um, you can restrict specific areas of the screen so that you're not going out um, onto the internet or, you know, you can can customize it based on Mm -hmm. um, what your child is specifically needing access to. So you can set a time limit and the way it works is once you set it up, um, there's a passcode and then, okay. Yeah, put the passcode in. But going pick back, a complex one. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget it because if you forget it, then you have to let the um, the device power off, and then um, yeah. But little workaround. <laughs> so in terms of the devices, though, um, I know some families are concerned about using the same device for schoolwork and then personal right playing games or. Um, different types of apps that they might be using. So going back to your child, you know your child best and mm-hmm. you know, um, what will work for them. Sometimes parents will have um, the guided access, but then other times they might utilize a different type of device. Like it might be the Chromebook or the um, home computer or the family computer that they're using for schoolwork. While right. other times the child might be able to use the same device. Mm-hmm. And um, again, thinking about those supports and the different platforms that they're using the supports on can look different depending on what they're using. Right. Yeah. And I think as they get older too, I've found with, you know, my daughter wanted to get one that helped her with brain mapping, you know, and just idea generation. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, I just said, well, why don't you just go look and see what, what's comfortable, download a couple, try them out. And, mm-hmm. you know, it took her a couple weeks to figure out just really would, what would work. Cause some of them, you know, they looked cute, but you know, yeah. you, you start using them and then it's like, mm, no, <laughs> it's just not as robust as, as what you mm-hmm. needed for the certain project. And, um, but yeah, as, and I, th- I think even as they're younger, you, you kind of want that little element of, I would enjoy using this too. Mm-hmm instead of just, well, it's functional, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's, that's some great tips for, um, for parents who are kind of going, I don't want it to be a gaming thing. And maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, dividing that line, whether it's through the, the actual, um, technology, um, hardware itself, or if it's just time periods when they use it and control and access during that time. Right. There's so many things, I mean, in terms of, you know, once you identify what those tools are, but then thinking about the settings and thinking about, you know, how are they going to be accessing it and how are you going to be implementing it at home and what does it look like? Where will they be utilizing the tools? Will it be at the kitchen table, will it be at a desk and do they have a charging station and so many things. Right. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about the charging station because <laughs> what if you forgot to plug it in the night before and yes, it's not, not functional. And so yes, having that ability to, to just plug it in right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for families that maybe have been using assistive tech, but they're, they're going it's not doing everything that we need it to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of um, suggestions do you have for them to kind of tweak and change things or even for parents who are new starting out and going, okay, I know what you will be, you know, diving into this, but as we, you know, adjust in the future, how do we, how do we handle that? And um, as we're just kind of adjusting and, and, getting better at understanding what specifically our child needs. So definitely going back to your child and really thinking about, um, okay, what was that tool that you were using? Let's say, let's take speech to text, for example. A lot of times parents will say that they've been, they've tried speech to text, but it's been more frustrating than anything. And Mm -hmm. the child doesn't want to use it anymore. And um, it's not picking up what they're trying to say and it's not accurate. So um, we'll take that to start. So okay. if, your child, yeah. if your child is sharing feedback about using speech-to-text, um, some things that you can think about are the environment that they're in. So thinking, mm-hmm. is there background noise? Are you in the kitchen or is there a TV? Um, are there other siblings that might be talking or friends that might be, um, you know, making some additional noise? And that can, that can affect the accuracy. But Absolutely. also thinking about learning how to use it. A specific tool like that, it can be helpful to have the child have like a rough draft so that they're comfortable with what they're yeah. using. And if they're using a piece of text, making sure that they can decode the piece of text or they're familiar with it before they're just going to start using the speech to text tool. So mm-hmm. if they're trying to decode the text and then also learn how to use the dictation tool, it can, there's a lot of steps and there are a lot of things to think about. And, um, Another tip is if they're using the speech to text and let's say they had their rough draft, they could highlight the punctuation marks. When you're using oh. speech to text, you can say, what time are you going to the store? Question mark. I'm really right. excited to be here today. Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't come naturally. So, no, it doesn't. Yeah. We just, <laughs> yeah. It takes time and it takes practice. And 
um, seeing if that works for your child and trying that out, but then also utilizing headphones can be helpful. Um, Headphones with a microphone, a built-in microphone helps to increase the accuracy. So um, just using the one that's built into the device, it might not pick up as much um, as if they were using a microphone. Sometimes students will put the microphone directly in front of their mouth. Other times they'll just keep the earbuds in. So those are some things to think about just specifically with speech But going back to whatever the tool is and thinking, um, how did it work? How did it not work? And um, figuring out then, do we need to try a whole new program? Should Mm. we try a different type of tool? Is it um, the accessibility of it? Maybe if they're having to go through a series of steps to be able to access the tool, that might be too many Mm -hmm. steps. So um, Chrome extensions can be helpful because the toolbar is just right on top of the screen. Yeah. Versus an mm-hmm. iPad, maybe you're you know going into an app and then you're having to copy and paste it. And if you have to share it up um, and upload it to Google Docs, and so just thinking. Oh, about okay. That. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ease of the flow and exactly. and all of that and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's some of them are a little more intuitive than others. And <laughs> how do you access that? But that's some good things to think about, too, because we often don't. We think about just the end where mm-hmm. but also how to get to that. Um, that type of technology can be a huge hindrance. And I know even a lot of parents find that, you know, when their kids start to struggle, um, you, you've put them somewhere and you want them to be independent and then they just disappear because they've become so frustrated and you're not watching. So, um, <laughs> so they just take off and go play. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not what we want. We want the, them to really just get to the technology to be an assistant and, and to really work on those independent learning skills right away <laughs> instead of having to get them back there three times to, mm-hmm. to really start using it. Um, and I think it's so important so that the child understands why they're using it. Yes. How yes. Can this be helpful for you and why are we learning about it? Why are we trying this out? And what are the areas that, um, you know, you're looking for additional support and so that they can see mm-hmm. the reason behind it. So hopefully then they want to use that tool. They see exactly. That they realize that it's a helpful support for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as they get older, they have that language then mm-hmm. to advocate for themselves as well. Right. Um, because if it becomes a lifelong assistive need, then they can say, well, you know, I've, I've, I've always needed this or some sort of assistance like this, and this is how it's helped me. But mm-hmm. they, they have the history, the, the background, the words, and all of that that kind of come together that make people just realize, oh, yeah, this is a real thing instead of you're just asking for the moon um, mm-hmm. and not really understanding why you need um, this sort of assistance or, yeah. Absolutely. Becoming an advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm, you know, we all get frustrated with technology yeah. <laughs> um, at one point or another. Um, do you have any suggestions for families if they've, they've kind of hit a wall with, with certain things um, and they just kind of don't know where to go from there? And um, either it's something, you know, we can approach it from the side of um, it's the child frustrated with it or mm-hmm. that for the parents saying, you know, I I got this for this, but it's not doing it. Um, so what, what would you suggest for those families? 
Well, I know for myself, when I get frustrated with technology, I try to remind myself to take a breath. Yes, it's always good. <laughs> and it's so frustrating sometimes, especially when you feel like you've done everything. Mm-hmm. You, you know, have it plugged in. You set up the, you know, the specific settings. You installed it. You have everything um, ready to go. But then sometimes it's just this little tiny check mark in this little tiny section and um, it's hidden and it's, you know, yes, it can be frustrating and to recognize that and that it's important to recognize that there's going to be the challenges and Mm -hmm. there's going to be frustration along the way, but to try to think about a proactive approach so that when those do things do come up or they do happen, um, you have a toolkit to go to. Mm. And sometimes that toolkit could be something that the parents able to, um, do with the child. Sometimes the child's, you know, for them to learn how to um, troubleshoot on their own so that mm-hmm. if they across those frustrating moments, they have, okay, I'm going to close the app first, or, you know, I'm going to right. install or install the extension again, or I'm going to mm-hmm. try different things. So really trying to think about what are those things that are not working and right. also so those quick, quick reset types right. of um, go-tos. Like yeah. Moment go-tos, but thinking about the big picture too, mm-hmm. if, if it's causing more frustration and if it's really not working, then that might not be the right tool and yeah. moving on to a different tool or um, just thinking about different types of resources that might be able to provide the support. And again, going back to your mm-hmm. child and really hearing them and yeah. hearing them give their feedback about, okay, this is why I don't like this. And this is not working for me because it does this. And I feel like the voice is com- like, sounds like a computer. So I don't want to listen to it. And right. Yeah, so absolutely. Things And, you know, maybe it is finding a different program that has more mm-hmm. human like voices, or maybe it's changing the settings and making the, um, the text be read a little bit quicker or slower. Um, yes. Customizing yes. the settings can sometimes be, that frustrating piece, but it, mm-hmm. it all depends on the child and what they're saying is frustrating. And for the parents, I hear you and <laughs> you're not alone. And um, there's so many things that can be frustrating with technology and when it works, it's amazing. Right. Um, and <laughs> be amazing, I should say, but um, looking at it and just thinking about, okay, what should we do and how can we try to change things if needed? Right. Yes. And then you have those system updates. Oh yes. And <laughs> that tend to reset things and you just yeah, I can start the whole wheel over again. So I like your your mm-hmm. suggestion about having that checklist. Mm-hmm. Um or maybe just going every time you know that a, a, an update has happened going through those settings and making sure everything is, you know, where you had it before. Mm-hmm. Um so so yeah, those those can cause a lot of frustrations. And um, we had a a question from a guest um who asked about um, Matt G said, how are Apple's newest iOS announcements impacting existing AT solutions and how will they ultimately improve access to software, hardware and broader society for people who rely on AT? So uh, I'm not too versed in that, but um, I I hope you are (laughs) as far as, you know, just that we have updates and mm-hmm. and they come at us and we don't even know. I know I wake up in the morning and my phone has been updated. And um and so, you know, what how is it impacting assistive and is it improving it mm-hmm. um in in the long run? 
So great question, Matt. Thank you so much for um, submitting that because the built-in accessibility tools are so important to think about. And I love when I hear that there's different updates with built-in tools because, again, going back to that UDL approach, a universal design for learning, where you're helping to make the curriculum or making tasks accessible to all learners, to all Mm -hmm. students. So um, even though thinking back to my classroom years ago and thinking about that desktop computer with the specific software installed, now we have devices that are portable. And we're able right. to take the technology with us. And thinking if you're waiting for your brother or sister to finish their soccer game and you're in the car or you're running around with different errands, we can now listen to um, books being read to us or right. thinking about on-the-go type of technology supports. So to be honest, I am excited about different built-in tools that are coming out. But again, going back to your child, those built-in tools might work for your child. They might not. And you might need a specific program that's more robust with the supports to be able to support your child. For example, um, you know, thinking about word prediction. Word prediction can be really helpful. However, the built-in word prediction might not be the level of support that your child needs. Right. you might need to look into a specific program, um, whether it be an app or an extension, and Mm -hmm. then thinking about the features that that offers for word prediction. It can have the text-to-speech, so you can listen to the word being read back to you. You Mm -hmm. can um, be able to have the highlighting so that you can uh, have the visual tracking. So thinking about those built-in accessibility tools and thinking about the ones, which ones could be helpful. Um, Try them out. See if they are, in fact, addressing the specific areas of need. And if they're Mm -hmm. not, then thinking about, okay, maybe we need to look into a specific program. Yeah, and I'm... I, from what I remember, a lot of the the technology has like a, at least you can try it before mm-hmm. you purchase it um, or they, they have a trial period or you can, you have so long to, you know, say this isn't working or mm-hmm. we'd like our money back. Um, but most companies aren't going to say blindly, you have to buy this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just an encouragement to parents and really what Katie was just talking about is, you know, the, there's just so many things out there. And, yes. and so we do have the, the free stuff. There are some paid that really aren't that expensive either that go up over and above what the free mm-hmm. stuff does. And especially I think for kids, um, have you found that to be true? The one like um, predict, speech pr- prediction and those types of things that are made more for students or children um, really are more helpful for them in like a school setting versus just in like I'm writing my emails for work. Right. Well, it, I think it also depends on how they're accessing those tools. Okay. Because thinking again about all the different tasks or steps that they need to go through to be able to access the tool, is it built in? Mm-hmm. Um, there are some extensions, for example, where they would have to open up a separate window and they could compose their writing there and okay. copy and paste it into a Google Doc, or they can mm-hmm. use a built-in one where it's um, built into the Google Doc so they right. can dictate directly mm-hmm. um, there or if they're... On an iPad, um, if they're using the built-in tool, then thinking about all those tips we talked about earlier with using speech-to-text and thinking right. about are you utilizing those different types of tools or are there areas that are in need of additional support? So maybe mm-hmm. you do try some headphones with a microphone or maybe it's frustrating because they don't know what they're trying to say and it's not picking up what they're saying. Also articulation. 
you know, I'm thinking about yes. your child and um, what they might be struggling with. Um, that could be very frustrating if mm. it's not picking up what you're saying. So um, it depends. It really right. depends on the child and um, the different tools that they're using and the steps that they're taking and the platform yeah. that they're using. Mm-hmm. All the above. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like for instance, if you're as a parent are going, well, what, what, how does that look? So I, I got an extension on one of my grammar checker because I'm just mm-hmm. horrible with grammar and spelling. That's <laughs> not my strong suit. Um, and I found I was making a lot of mistakes on our website, but now that when I, I change things on the website. It's integrated. So it just tells me if my grammar's bad there too, which is really nice because then I'm not copying and pasting my text from every place um, that, that I would, you know, have the checker and not Mm -hmm. in this way. It's just on the platform that I need to change it on right there. Right. And for many students, um, sometimes having those built-in tools where it's almost like an overlay tool. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need visually, you're still using the same type of website that you're using or your email still looks the same, but these tools are kind of hovering over them and Mm -hmm. um, just available to you so that um, if you need them, they're there, but you're not having to go into a totally separate program and go through additional steps, which those additional steps, depending on your child, could be frustrating or um, too many steps could also um, make you go off track or just you know, not right. Or those children that just want to rush through everything and just get it done They're They're going to skip it and it's just not going to be used. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so there are tools like that out there. And so don't feel like, oh yeah, we just, that's just too much for my child. There, there are ways to get them beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so interesting too, with the different updates and technology that comes out out and thinking about, okay, what is this going to look like in education and thinking about, you know, how does it help to support students and, you know, really going back to the child and what works with them and thinking about just because a new tool or supports out there doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the right fit for your child. So keeping that ongoing conversation and thinking about the child specifically. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, as we're looking into in the new school year um, and the summertime that we have and as parents, you know, are purchasing curriculum, what what specific things should they be looking at once they they kind of settle on some assistive technology to get it set up properly mm-hmm. so that when they go into the new year, they they're comfortable their students comfortable? I know we talked about using it a little bit, but um, what are some other steps that, that families can take to just ensure that this is going to work from the beginning? <laughs> so a lot of times if something is digital to start with, it can be really helpful because then you can utilize different types of programs and supports to like access those tools like the text-to-speech. If they have it built in, that's something right. too to think about when you're looking at the different types of curriculum. Do mm-hmm. they have those tools or is it going to be compatible to be able to work with those types of programs? Uh, a lot of times um, they are and yeah. you're able to just basically access it through their web browser and then they right. you know, can log in and then they can add the extension and then it will work directly through there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, thinking about those types of tools and what type of platform they would be using to access their curriculum. And if it's not digital, that's okay too. Um, mm-hmm. There are different ways that you can make them digital. So um, ah. what those steps look like, again, it can vary depending on the type of device that they're using. 
Um, you can take a picture of the piece of text and then have it read back to you. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can scan text and then upload it. And then the child can utilize the text to speech. Or if they are filling out worksheets, like if they have a workbook and they might be struggling with the physical task of handwriting, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the spelling or organizing their thoughts, um, they can scan that worksheet, whether it be taking a picture with their phone or using their home printer. And then they can annotate directly on the worksheet. So, oh, I didn't know that was available. Wow. Mm-hmm. Annotate um, directly on the worksheet, or they can also use the speech to text to be able to dictate their responses onto the worksheet. Then you're not having to recreate everything from scratch. Exactly. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Certain tasks might lend themselves to um, something just like a journal, for example, if you have a specific template, you can utilize graphic organizers, have them and create folders within your Google drive so that um, things are ready to go so that there aren't more steps at the beginning of the school year. Um, So it's really thinking about the way in which your child will be accessing those Mm -hmm. curriculum and then thinking about what tools will you be using and thinking about the steps that you can proactively take to get things organized for the new school year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, I know more, more workbooks are, are going to the, the digital age, but there, there are some tried and true ones that parents mm-hmm. love. And, um, and it's, it seems like, you know, when we, we think, oh, assistive technology, there's no way, but, um, you just kind of debunked that. <laughs> so there, there are ways and, um, to get around that, but, but yeah, like you said, having all of that set up in place so that your student knows how, how to access that, or they're, they know that when they get the worksheet, this is exactly the steps that they need to take so that they can do their lesson mm-hmm. from the bat instead of you going, okay, so now we're going to learn the process of it. And mm-hmm. that's, that means the lesson's not going to happen that day, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and almost building that toolkit, a uh, visual toolkit for your child so that they have a visual reference of um, this is the app that I go to to be able to complete, you know, let's say it's a writing um, oh, workshop. Yeah. This is the um, feature that I'm going to use within the app. This is what mm-hmm. the icon looks like. And you can customize that specific to, for your child. Oh, okay. When I'm working with students, I also like to have them kind of give their feedback, use their language. So yeah. what do you, like, let's put this into um, the steps that make sense for you. And some steps you might go into really great detail and really mm-hmm. explain this is where you're going, or it might just be an icon, like a picture okay. of an icon, and that might be enough for them hmm. um, to know I go here to here to here. And uh-huh. Um, they know that and they have that visual having hmm. resources to even like usernames and passwords, having that accessible so that they're not frustrated right. and can't log in. Exactly. Yes. So important. Yep. There's, there's just so many ways to get diverted in the wrong direction and, mm-hmm. and have it crash <laughs> without, yeah, without even getting into the technology, <laughs> just in your child's right. brain that this is not accessible and, and mm-hmm. just having them shut down, which you don't want to happen. You want it to be a useful tool and that's something that keeps them from learning. And um, there's just so many resources out there for mm-hmm. parents now to, to pick and choose mm-hmm. from, you know, even based on the methodology that they choose that that there's things that they can find mm-hmm. that setting it up ahead of time will really help them be successful and their student too. And they might not be using that tool all the time. 
Yes, it's that's a good point. It's really going to be for every single task, every single day, every single activity that they're doing. If you might identify a specific type of um, task that you want to utilize the assistive technology tool with and mm. see if that's helpful and see if that's really helping your child and how do they feel about it. But again, it might those steps that we talked about earlier, going through all those steps might be too frustrating for your child and they might choose to do it a different way. And right. you might find it more effective for them to write directly on the worksheet, um, depending on the type of activity that they're working on. So again, right. going back to the child and what works best for them. Yeah. Yeah. Trying out some things and mm-hmm. And yeah, just not not getting too set in your ways or setting up too much. I think that's another thing is, is yeah. we're planning in the summer. A lot of times we we want to lay out the whole year. And, you know, and this is how it's because it's in, through a couple experiments, it's been successful this summer. And so we're just going to set up everything that way. Mm-hmm. And I hate for you to, to get, you know, kind of in that groove and go, oops, we, we have to change. Um just kind of shift a little bit and mm-hmm. then ever everything that you've done. So, you know, doing it a couple weeks at a time, a month at a time, instead of the entire year out, um, it might be a good, um, approach <laughs> if you're trying something new, um, because your student may lose interest too. And just say like Katie's, I, I think that's a great, I, you know, suggestion or um, point is that the, the child can get tired of it. Mm-hmm. And just say, well, this was great. Maybe it was entertaining to them for a while. And now all of a sudden it's just getting in the way versus mm-hmm. really being helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I have really appreciated everything that you shared. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with parents as we kind of wrap up our um, just discussion and thing that you just want them to remember as they're kind of going into looking into assistive technology and um, whether they've been there or not and um, just your closing advice for them? Just to reiterate what I was saying earlier, that assistive technology is an ongoing conversation. Mm. And to keep the conversation going, constantly revisiting it, really involving your child in those discussions and looking at, looking at it as a tool. And it's not replacing what you're working on, not replacing those skills. It's just supporting your child so that they can help to build their confidence and their independence. Absolutely. That's, that's a great way to end it. Um, Yeah, it's, it's going to be a a journey. (laughs) Definitely. And you won't just find something and it's just going to be what you use. I mean, I think very few people probably do that. They find something and they they just, that's all they ever use because technology is just changing and updating too much for us to do that. So so how can our viewers connect with you? So you can find me on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Assistive Technology for Dyslexia. Uh, You can also visit my website, which is assistivetechnologyfordyslexia.com. And my email is assistive tech for dyslexia at gmail.com. And I love hearing from um, families. And if you found tools to be helpful, I also love hearing about that. If you um, are looking to learn more about assistive technology or you're not really sure what to do next, whether you have just started using assistive technology or you've been using it um, for many years, I try to work with families so that wherever they are in their journey, so that they feel supported and to help them feel 
less overwhelmed and feeling yes. like a plan in place and um, feeling like, okay, we've got this. Right. Exactly. Well, thank you for what you do. And I'm, I will put all those links that, um, that Katie just shared with us on the description for the YouTube um, description, as well as the podcast description. So you can just click on those. And, and then there were some other resources she shared with me as well. So um, you'll be able to, to just access those through a click of a button instead of having to look, watch on the screen and write down the URL yeah. super quick <laughs> or go back and listen. So we want to make sure that's most accessible to you um, and saves you some time as well. So um so yeah, thank you so much, Katie. I know we we connected a while ago and I'm just impressed with your work and just how passionate you are to help families and students and uh, and yeah, you have you have homework ahead of you all the time because it's this just keeps changing. <laughs> but we appreciate um the work that you do so that um parents can just teach their kids and help them be successful. Thank you again for having me here today. It's been wonderful chatting with you. And I hope that your listeners will find these tools to be helpful and know that you're not alone and resources are available and take the time and just try to figure out what works best for your child. Yes, that's great advice. Take the time. Um, don't try to rush into it. It's it, it's a process. And and then when you discover what's, what's right and not just what's okay, um, yes that's when you know that you found something that's going to work for, you know, you've invested the time and it's worth, it's worth the investment instead of just saying, well, let's just patch it, you know, patch it quickly <laughs> because it just, <laughs> that doesn't usually end too well. I know. <laughs> so, so awesome. Well, yep. Um, so thank you viewers for, for joining us today. Um, this has um, been uh, another conversation here on Empowering Homeschool Conversations, we're diving into this new topic about how do we um, tweak or change different methodologies um, based on the needs of our kids. And um, I know there was a question, a couple questions submitted about reading today that we didn't get to because um, Katie was really focusing on assistive technology. But guess what? Next week, we are talking about, and the specific title is Don't Throw Away the Books If Your Child Refuses to Read. So we're going to address those reading questions next week. And so I'll save those for um, Julie Nally. She is from Biblioplan. She's been on the show before, and she'll be joining us again next week um, to talk about that topic. So, um, so thank you all for being part of our community and joining us. Um, definitely check out our website at spedhomeschool.com and um, consider being a donor um, to support this um, this weekly broadcast and all the work that we do at Sped Homeschool. We are a 501c3 nonprofit and um, we just appreciate um, your donation and support of our work. So thanks everybody. Have a great week and I will see you again here next week. And again, thank you, Katie. Appreciate your time and joining us. God bless everybody and goodbye. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? 
are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.